0: The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of this station. Content is for educational purposes only. Consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence if investing. The show was pre-recorded earlier this week. The Everyday Wealth Radio Show and podcast are produced and created by Edelman Financial Engines and hosted by Gene Chatsky and Soledad O'Brien. Ms. Chatsky and Ms. O'Brien are not employees or clients of the firm. They receive fixed cash compensation for acting as hosts and related activities and therefore have an incentive to endorse Edelman Financial Engines and its planners. For additional information, please see www.edelmanfinancialengines.com slash everyday-wealth. The twenty 23- The The 2021 Top 100 Independent Advisory Firm Ranking, issued by Barron's, is qualitative and quantitative, including assets managed, revenue generated, regulatory records, staffing levels and diversity, technology spending, and succession planning. Firms elect to participate but do not pay to be included in the ranking. Compensation is paid for use and distribution of rating. Awarded September 2021, based on data within a 12-month period. Investor experience and returns are not considered. At the intersection of life and money, this is Edelman Financial Engines Everyday Wealth with award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien personal finance expert, Gene Chatsky and Edelman Financial Engines wealth planner, Jason Cowens. Edelman Financial Engines has been ranked by Barron's as the number one investment advisor in the country. Now, here's Gene Chatsky, Soledad O'Brien, and Jason Cowens.
1: This week, I dropped my daughter off at college. It's a huge moment. If you look at your lives, our lives across the board, you can distill it down to these moments, right? Moments that have particular impact, moments that matter. Maybe you've just given birth or your daughter just gave birth and now you're a grandparent. Maybe you've decided that you're leaving your job and you're going to go to another organization. Maybe you, you or somebody you love is going through a health scare at this moment and your world's kind of rocked. I think these are the moments that you sort of stop in your tracks and you pause and you're kind of forced to, to take a look at what you're doing. And so for today's show, that's what we're going to focus on, moments that matter. Hi, everybody. I'm Soledad O'Brien.
2: I'm Jason Cowan.
1: And I'm Jean Chatsky, and you are listening to Edelman
3: Financial Engines' Everyday Wealth. Soledad, I remember. I remember when I dropped my son off at college. Were for you the first sad
1: and crying? Time. The
3: first time. The subsequent years, I was like, just go get in the plane. <laughs> I don't think the dropping off at college was anywhere near as emotional as other days in their lives. I mean, the day my son was born was after almost 24 hours of really, really hard labor and winding up with finding out that he had a heart condition and oh needed gosh. surgery. Oh, so, geez. I mean, it was, it was a true, true roller coaster. It was also a huge expense. And I, I started thinking about that this week, the Brookings Institution released some new data about how much it costs, just to raise a child from the time they're born to age 17. These figures do not count college. $300,000 is the average price tag right now. My mother always said, and, and, I I don't know if you've ever heard this, Jason, but my mother always said if she and my father had waited to have children until they could afford it, (laughs) my brothers and I would never have been born.
2: When I look at that child, I say, let's protect them. Let's make sure you're doing all the things necessary to make sure if, God forbid, something happens to you, they're taken care of.
3: I don't think I got my first will I know I didn't. My, my ex-husband and I did not get a will, which means that we didn't name guardians because a will is the only document that allows you to name guardians for a kid. We didn't do it until we were about to get on the airplane without our kids for the first time. We yeah, were going on same. vacation.
1: I think people are more primed to have those discussions when there's a moment. There's mm-hmm. suddenly a pivot, a moment in their lives that if you're a grandparent, same thing, right? You start thinking like, holy cow, this kid might be going off to college. How do I want to be involved in that? My, my parents did 529 plans. And it's so crazy. They passed away a couple of years ago. They, they had 22 grandchildren. And each kid got a 529 plan. It's such a nice thing to think back. Like, Grandpa helped pay for you to go to college. It's amazing. It's a gift. It it's, is. A, it's
3: a real. It's a real gift. And I, so I've got some money left in my 529s from paying for college for my kids. Neither of them right now are focused on graduate school. If they decide they want to go, they could definitely draw on that money. But I'm also thinking, hey, you know, I don't have any grandchildren yet, but if I just left that money in, moved it to the more aggressive Mm -hmm. portfolio, allowed it to grow, because Jason, that $300,000 that I mentioned, it did not include college. Right. Right. What
2: I love about your idea, it's like people have to remember, 529 is really a tax code, right? It's designed to help create wealth down the line. So having the conversation going, it may not be your kids that are taking advantage of it today. Let it compound for your future grandchildren.
1: It really is the definition of generational wealth. Like yes. literally somebody being able to help you. I mean, if it's going to cost you 300,000 plus to raise that right. kid. Uh-huh. Well, the other
2: difference is it's like we don't maybe want to always focus on education, right? Because what if you have kids, grandkids that don't want to go to college, but you want to give them the opportunity. So we really look at what are all the other account types, we can talk about opening up for them as well as a grandparent.
3: So there's this divide between opening a 529 versus the uniform gift to minors accounts, the UTMAs or the UGMAs. Mm -hmm. When you are thinking about opening one, which should you go with?
2: Well, what I try to do is I try and look at the the grandparents, like, what are you thinking you want this money to go for? If Mm -hmm. you say... Education matters to me. Let's go over the pros and cons of the 529. So the 529 comes with its own unique tax benefits because when you use it for qualified expenses, it's tax-free. Now, if you overfund the 529 and the grandchild doesn't go to college, you can take it out and pay taxes on the gains and a 10% penalty. So there's some cost to use it for another education but it's not locked away forever. But when I'm looking at the UTMA, I have to have a different conversation. I lovingly call it the Corvette account because what happens is when that child, grandchild, your child, turns 21 in Arizona, they get the account. That is their money. You may have had designs that you wanted it to be used for the smart things, but if they say, I want to go buy that Corvette, and they're 21, they have full access. And I have one client where we opened 20 different Utmas for different grandchildren versus great nieces and nephews. And each year, 90 days before they turn 21, we're having the conversation with that child going, you now have access to this money. Some kids take the money. Some kids invest the money. Some kids say, I think I want to use this for a down payment. And the grandparent gets to help teach them the values of money with this account.
3: So when you are talking with a grandparent, Mm -hmm. when you're saying, all right, you have resources, you want to help your kids, you want to help your grandkids, what's the proper... Plan to put in place.
2: Let's make sure you're not giving away more than you can afford to. Mm. Right. So I always like to use the analogy. It's like it's similar to when you take a child on an airplane. If the oxygen mask drops, you're supposed to put the mask on yourself first, the child second. What can you afford to give over your lifetime without putting your own financial matter in jeopardy? Right. Once we determine what that level is, then we talk about what their priority is. If they say, "I don't care about this being used for education." I really go over the brokerage account versus the UTMUD account to go, what are the pros and cons of each of those? And kind of talking about the UTMUD, that you're going to lose the access to 21. Whereas if we simply opened up a brokerage account that stays in the grandparent's name, they ultimately control those dollars.
1: Imagine not having to worry about that high cost of college because someone has given you a chunk of money. Like that's a right. great way to, to start out, you know, 18 through 21 or 22.
2: Make sure you tell the parents because you want them to know, I want to help with some piece of this child's education because that takes some of the pressure off of them. So they're trying to figure out their own way on, you know, there's only so many dollars to go around for retirement savings. And if you say, I'll be able to help on this side, that takes some of the financial pressure off of them as well.
1: When we're in a financial downturn now, do people, do grandparents come back to you and kind of rejigger the plan?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, right now, it's a good time to be donating highly appreciated assets. Imagine you have 100 shares of some XYZ, and today it's worth $16,000 because it's down, right? Tomorrow, those same 100 shares may be up. So if you give it today, that child, that inheritor— gets a greater chance of growth on that same 100 shares. Ah. And by moving it away out of your, your account, you're paying no taxes. When they eventually sell it, they'll be selling it with the original cost basis at their probably lower tax bracket.
1: Wow. Right?
2: So this this market, I mean, although it's challenging, has given us some unique opportunities for tax planning and gifting strategies.
1: So Jason, let's say I'm a grandma. I've just had a grandchild now, and I want to put some kind of gifting plan in place. What are the first things that you would ask me that you need to know about me?
2: Well, the first thing I need to do is really understand the priority. Is this a gifting during your lifetime or is this something that you say, I want it to be there when I'm gone? Second, I have to make sure I understand what's the dollar amount that you're thinking that you're going to be doing over your lifetime. Because if I have to be the dream killer say that you can't afford to give $10,000 a year for the rest of your life, I'd rather have that conversation now to go, let's find the happy medium. Because I don't want you to do something that's on a path that is not sustainable. And then the third one is, how many more grandchildren do you think you're going to have? If this is your first one, you want to be equitable, right? So if you give 10000 to the first one, and now you have 10 grandkids, are you going to be able to keep that up?
3: Jason, I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking it's a process. And if you don't have a plan, now is maybe as good a time as any to get one.
2: And this market has created a lot of opportunities where We really want to give some guidance. We're offering a free retirement review where we can help you get another set of eyeballs on your plan. Are you in a position to take advantage of some of the new rules? Are you looking at everything? And really, by calling us at 833-PLAN-EFE, that's 833-PLAN-EFE, We can really assess, where are you? Where are you trying to go? What are the things that you're not thinking about that are two, three, four steps removed from where you
1: are? I love the idea of a second set of eyeballs to really make sure that you're doing the right thing. We're gonna talk more though about these moments in your life that matter when we come back right after this break. I'm Soledad O'Brien, here with Gene Chatsky and Jason Cowens and you're listening to Edelman Financial Engines Everyday Wealth. We're gonna be right back. Getting mauled
2: by the bears in the stock market? What about a looming recession? Is it giving you a sinking feeling about your retirement? I'm Isabel Barrow, Edelman Financial Engines Wealth Planner and co-host here on Everyday Wealth. Working with an Edelman Financial Engines Wealth Planner can give you confidence no matter what the markets are up to. Right now, when you call 833-PLAN-EFE, you'll get a complimentary retirement review and financial plan. With all that's happening in the markets and the economy, the offer comes at a perfect time. Your experienced Edelman Financial Engines Wealth Planner will suggest a portfolio using our investment management approach that's based on Nobel Prize winning research. Don't miss out. Call 833-PLAN-EFE by Tuesday, August
1: 30th at 10 p.m. for this complimentary offer. That's 833-PLAN-EFE or visit edelmanfinancialengines.com. Now back to the show. John Lennon famously said, life
3: is what happens when you are busy making other plans. I got to say, I agree with that 100%. But I do think if you're going in with a plan, even if that plan shifts, which of course it will, it sets you up for greater success than if you just go in blind. Hey, everybody. I'm Jean Chatsky. I'm here with Soledad O'Brien and Edelman Financial Engines wealth planner Jason Cowens. And... Today, we are talking about those life moments that really matter. And even some decisions that seem simple, they can have significant repercussions when it comes to your financial life. Let's just talk about changing jobs for a second, which is something that many, many people have done over the course of the pandemic. In your early 20s, in your early 30s, sure probably no big deal. And I would argue that changing jobs during those years is the best way to make more money. But in your 40s and in your 50s, now it gets a little more complicated. And those complications, particularly when we're talking about things like your retirement accounts, they can be worth big money. So Jason, let's just say, let's say I'm your client, hmm? right? And and let's say I'll shave a good 10 years off my age. Let's say, let's say I'm 48 and I've been working at a company for 15 years, but I just got offered this amazing job across the street. I was heavily recruited. I have negotiated hard because I've been taught well. I haven't accepted quite yet because I've got a lot of equity right. with my current company. It's Some of it's vested, some of it's not. What do I need to consider if I'm trying to decide if taking this new, better-paying job is actually a money loser or a money winner in the long run?
2: The first thing I want you to do is really think about, is the grass truly greener on the other side? More money isn't always the end goal for everyone. So let's really go through what the not new compensation pack could look like because on the front end, it may be more dollars in your pocket. But I had a client where they left And they had 90 days, exactly, to get rid and sell of all their vested shares, and they lost all of their unvested. They didn't know that going in because they wanted to be hush-hush about it. It's like, really, make sure you understand the fine print of your old company. Now, let's go side by side. If you would keep the vested shares, what does that look like from a concentrated position? If you have a really massive amount of company stock in your old plan— Let's go through this new equity comp plan. Are you going to keep both concentrated positions? Should we come up with a strategy that says, let's get rid of some of the old equity from a tax efficient perspective? Ultimately, I want to go over pros and cons. Does that new comp plan get you faster to your goal? And is the added potential stress of that higher paying job really what you want? Right? We just
3: hired somebody and, and she came in and she said, I'm expecting a bonus, right? It could yeah. have been, I'm expecting more stock. It could have been, I'm expecting more options. And if you want me to come, you got to pay me that.
2: Everything's up for negotiation. I'll take a lower income, but I want more equity. I'm hearing that more in the younger demographic. But those who are 40, they like the steady paycheck. They mm-hmm. may not want to have so much in the new company, but they'll They'll play the game to going, if it's going to be 15% of my compensation package and understanding how soon they can get to the new shares matters because they may say, I hate this job 12 months in. Now, all of my first year equity is vested. I can walk away knowing that.
3: So it sounds like you lean more heavily toward the cash. You want the salary.
2: Well, because I'm I'm 50, right? So, <laughs> so I'm in that position where you know, I don't necessarily have the time for that equity to double
1: Okay, so then let's say I'm your client. I decide I'm going to go ahead and take the job. I love the job. I like the company. Uh, but I have 50 years of 401k at the old company? What am I supposed to do with that? What's the best way to proceed? Do you leave it? Do you move it?
2: And there's four unique choices with your old 401k, right? Quite frankly, you could leave it there forever. Sometimes it does make sense to not roll over. So if the old plan has really low cost options and it has a robust lineup, that may be one consideration.
3: You can also borrow from a 401k and you can't borrow from an IRA.
2: Correct. And so that's the distinction. So really, as a fiduciary, our job is to make sure we're looking at all of your options, not just simply give me all the money to manage. Let's go through this together to find out what makes the most sense for your unique situation. You can cash it out. You may get killed with taxes, mm-hmm. but that's a way that you can leave it.
3: When we talk about the people in their 20s and their 30s, this is a persistent problem, right? right. Because they look at these very small balances having been at the job for a year or two, and they say, Ugh, I'm just going shopping.
2: If you're trying to bridge the gap, let's imagine you're taking the job, but you, it was a forced layoff and you can't find work for six months, maybe needing to tap into the 401k is your only option, right? But I agree, rolling it over typically makes the most sense. And now rolling it over has two pieces. You can roll your old 401k to the new 401k if it allows it. But you also have the option to roll it to your own self-directed IRA. And a lot of clients really like that because they can keep consolidating old 401ks to one place. It makes it easier to track. It makes it easier management. And it helps them build a plan where, As the the planner, I can only give so much guidance on their outside 401k. If I'm not managing the new 401k, I want to make sure that risk level is in line with what we're doing, right? The visual is I want all the oars in the water going the same speed, the same direction.
1: One issue in a new job, not to be Debbie Downer, now I've left my job of 15 years and now I've got my new job. You're new, you can be fired. It's different than I've had this job for 15 years. I know everybody. I have a track record. Is that something you have to consider?
2: You have to accept the reality. If you're making the change, you have to look at, you know, is there going to be reduction in force? Are you worried about some job flow? And so we may be talking about if you are saying I'm taking the job knowing that I have a greater risk to be fired than my old job, we may talk about well, let's make sure we're talking about your cash reserves along the way. Let's pre-pad some of the cash. So in that negotiation of signing bonus, say, I need X dollars, not equity, not comp. I need a signing bonus of X dollars so you can stick it in your cash reserve. So if you're worried about being laid off quickly, that at least bridges the gap to you find new work.
1: I think
3: that would be especially important too if you are not getting into the new retirement plan on day one. Sometimes some companies have, you have to wait six months, you have to wait a year until we're going to let you in, in which case you lose a year of contributing to retirement unless you open an IRA.
2: Exactly. And, and it's understanding, do they get immediate access to their 401k day one is going to be a consideration on What savings are we going to be using? If you can't fully max out your 401k and you're highly compensated, you're losing some tax breaks as well.
3: When we're talking about all of these things, our financial lives get so caught up in the company that we work for. We have our job with this company. We have our retirement with this company. We've got our stock with this company. How do you de-risk?
2: We have to look at how much is too much in one stock, even if it's your own stock, right? and really finding that happy medium that maybe once you get past, let's say 10% of your investable dollars in your company stock, let's start to come up with an exit plan. And so that's one of the unique things that we offer, that we do have the ability to look at a client's concentrated position and really look at the vesting schedule and look at stock options versus RSU to really come up with an exit strategy. Part of my job is to really go, When I'm working with you, I want to make sure you're thinking this through. Let's go down plan A versus plan B versus plan C. If they all work, it makes sense, which is why it's critical to reach out to someone. Talk to us. Give us a call at 833-PLAN-EFE. 833-PLAN-EFE. This is what we do. We want to make sure that you're looking at all the different options to make sure you're thinking this through before you make this life-changing decision.
3: What I'm hearing is that working with a wealth planner like you or one of your 300 colleagues, it just takes the emotion out of the equation so that you make sure that you're not missing out on something important. We need to take a break right now, but if you or someone you loved has been turned upside down emotionally or financially by a health scare, well, that too is a moment that matters. And we are going to dig into that in our next segment. I'm Jean Chatsky here with Soledad O'Brien and Jason Cowens. You're listening to Edelman Financial Engines' Everyday Wealth. We'll be right back.
0: Getting mauled by the bears in the stock market? What about a looming recession? Is it giving you a sinking feeling about your retirement? While working with an Edelman Financial Engines Wealth Planner can give you confidence no matter what the markets are up to. Right now, when you call 833-PLAN-EFE, you'll get a complimentary retirement review and financial plan. With all that's happening in the markets and the economy, the offer comes at a perfect time. Your experienced Edelman Financial Engines Wealth Planner will suggest a portfolio using our investment management approach that's based on Nobel Prize-winning research don't miss out. Call 833-PLAN-EFE by Tuesday at 10 p.m. for this complimentary offer. That's 833-PLAN-EFE. Or visit edelmanfinancialengines.com.
1: So a lot of times we think we got everything mapped out and got a plan and the plan's going along just fine. And then all of a sudden, boom, something happens and it completely knocks you off of your plan because your world basically has imploded unexpectedly.
2: Right. And I'm seeing more and more of that. I'm having conversations where whether it's heart issues, cancer issues, really it's reevaluating the plan. Over the new reality.
1: Hmm. And sometimes that reality is bad news. Hi, everybody. I'm Soledad O'Brien along with Gene Chatsky. And that's Jason Cowens. He's an Edelman Financial Engines wealth planner from Chandler, Arizona. Um, we've been talking about moments that matter, focusing on the amazing ones, right? Oh, you had a baby, you had a grandbaby. But sometimes the news is not great. The, the, the big change is not a positive change. It's actually a really unsettling, even sometimes devastating negative change. And that requires a plan and reevaluating the plan as well. Jason, I
3: can't even tell you and
1: Soledad, I don't know if you're experiencing
3: the same thing because as we know, you're a little younger than I am. But
1: <laughs> by like six months
3: yeah, or you something. Know. Well, you know, take <laughs> so every month you've got, believe me. No, look, I'm 58 years old. And in the last six months can tell you story after story about people my age, about friends of mine, pancreatic cancer, lymphoma, going through stem cell transplants. I mean, you know, people in my life that are dealing with these things and I keep going home to my husband and saying, honey, we are old. I'm used to this happening with my parents' generation. I think Hmm. of my parents' generation as the old ones and now it's my generation. And I'll go home and I'll say, Elliot, are we prepared? Are we ready to deal with it? We've done the work, but going through these things, if you haven't had the opportunity or haven't actually picked up the phone and talked to somebody and and made a plan would be truly daunting.
2: Well, in reality, and what I've learned doing this 20 years, my job is really about those moments that happen, right? It's sometimes good news that causes someone to pick up the phone. It's usually bad. It's that that suddenness of the experience that really causes people to reevaluate their plan and if it's directly impacting you, let's run the plan. And and
3: what does that mean? Let's run the plan.
2: Well, so whenever I'm working with a couple, right, I try to make sure that I'm having a, an even handed conversation. I really want to make sure both of them have equal footing. I get lots of emails from wives that going, Hey, he didn't tell you this. He just had a heart attack, or he just had a stroke, and he didn't mention it to you. Oh, really? Are you scared? Yes. Should we go through this together? Yes. How do you want me to handle it? Let's set up a time to talk to review it, and let's have an unfortunate, worst-case scenario conversation. Right? And I and I hate to be the the bear, but it's like, what happens if they're gone tomorrow? What if they can't work at the full capacity? Let's run the plan so I can at least show you that maybe your fears are unfounded. That worst case scenario that you're thinking about, yes, it'd be, it may be traumatic, but financially, if you can get through it, that's what I want to show you.
1: It, it's a moment that matters in, in the bad way, right? Yes. Like it's mm-hmm. a terrifying, stressful, freaking out, like crazy moment that matters. And you- actually needs someone to help you, I would think, navigate it. If you're running to the hospital, if you're dealing suddenly with medical appointments that you didn't have two weeks ago, it's not like you have the time to blissfully run through all of your various accounts. Are people panicking when they call you?
2: It depends on who's calling. Depends on the situation. I mean, I've had clients in their hospital bed forwarding me their brother's contact information going just in case i want to get you two connected and i look at that that's that kind of validates what i do they realize it's not just about the dollars it's really having that conversation going i need to make sure i know what's going on and they 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 have us be a part of their lives in that way some people are panicked and i go maybe this isn't the best time to go through the plan i want to be able to have the conversation when you know the person who's ill is out of surgery or whatever but i've had enough experiences where it's been traumatic. We go through it together, and we want to be realistic about it.
3: Is the optimal situation to do this when everybody's healthy? Yes, I mean, I've yes. done so. I, I I had an appointment with with my financial planner. I think this was probably right before the pandemic, mm-hmm. and we were looking at numbers. We were looking at how things were growing, and and I just said like, okay. What if it all stops tomorrow? Like what if tomorrow I wake up and I can't get out of bed what What do we do and And he actually ran those numbers mm-hmm. for me and showed me that it would be okay right, right? and and that made me feel like I, I we all work really hard, right, and we right. want to be able to keep doing what we love, but you also, I think need to know where you are if the worst Happens.
2: The way I try and position things when I'm having the conversation, really, ultimately, my favorite plan for my wife and I is I hope we can figure out a way to die the same day.
3: <laughs> you want to be the notebook.
2: Exactly. Perfect way, right? <laughs> but that's an unrealistic plan.
3: Yeah. So
2: then we have to go over the reality is my wife more than likely is going to outlive me. What if I predecease her by a long time? And what are the net effects on social security, pensions, things like that? How does that impact her with the reduction? And then the third option is what if. I pass away, but she then has really, really expensive in-home care, assisted living care, and really having those conversations to go, we've ran the good, we've ran the bad, and all these scenarios work, but I want to be able to show you're in great shape. And then if I do get that that panic call, this has changed. Let's rework the plan.
1: You know, it's interesting. Uh, I spent a lot of time covering the aftermath of the September 11th attacks, And one thing you would hear consistently from widows would be just like, it was all so awful, but having a plan made it a little bit less awful. It was obviously the most horrific thing that had happened in their lives, but, but they were so clear, like just knowing, you know, after you got through all the absolute chaos and craziness, like, yes, we have a plan to send Junior to college. Yes, we have a plan. We can stay in the house. Yes, we have a plan. I can continue to work and retire when I was planning to retire. That was something that I found so remarkable. I imagine if you are thinking, oh my God, I'm
3: on the flip side. I don't have that plan. Jason, what do they need? What are the basic building blocks? What are the three or four most important things that they need to put in place right now so that they end up... Being able to breathe that sigh of relief. Well, I
2: mean, fundamentally, I start with cash reserves with everyone. I always want to have some level of cushion for the what ifs, right? So whether it's job disruption, housing, cars, things, let's talk about your cash reserves. Should it be six months? Should it be 12 months? Should it be 24 months? Let's come up with a cash plan and then let's review some of your workplace benefits. Do you have life insurance at work? Do you have disability at work? Do you have access to long-term care insurance at work? If you don't, Let's figure out what you need to put in place for those plans.
1: One super easy thing that literally you could do right this moment would be share your passwords.
2: Absolutely.
3: Or even better, use a password manager. And then you only have to share one password.
2: And then let's figure out your longevity. If every person in your family has made it to 100, good news, bad news, you're probably going to live to 100. We have to plan longer. If you say, no person in my family has made it till 67, we may have to have that conversation. But really understanding you and your longevity needs is part of the plan. I have to work in reverse. So my joke is, if you can tell me the day you're going to die, I can build the perfect plan.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And if you can't tell me the day that you're going to die, you can still build a plan that's pretty perfect, right?
2: Now is a great time for you to take advantage of this special offer. My colleagues and I are more than happy to help. We really want to look at your plan. We want to look at the good, the bad, all the moments that matter to make sure you've thought through all this. So please give us a call at 833-PLAN-EFE. Again, 833-PLAN-EFE.
3: We're going to take a quick break right now. Um, I'm Gene Chatsky. I'm here with Soledad O'Brien and Jason Cowens. You're listening to Edelman Financial Engines, Everyday Wealth, and we'll be right back.
4: Getting mauled by the bears in the stock market? What about a looming recession? Is it giving you a sinking feeling about your retirement? I'm Andy Smith, Edelman Financial Engines Wealth Planner and co-host here on Everyday Wealth. Working with an Edelman Financial Engines Wealth Planner can give you confidence no matter what the markets are up to. Right now, when you call 833-PLAN-EFE, you'll get a complimentary retirement review and financial plan. With all that's happening in the markets and the economy, this offer comes at a perfect time. Your experienced Edelman Financial Engines wealth planner will suggest a portfolio using our investment management approach that's based on Nobel Prize winning research. So don't miss out. Call 833 Plan EFE by Tuesday, August 30th at 10 p.m. for this complimentary offer. That's 833 Plan EFE or visit EdelmanFinancialEngines.com. And now back to the show. Do
1: you have a question about the stuff that actually really matters to you and your finances? Maybe it's that you're getting ready to retire. Maybe you're not exactly sure how you should set up um, the ability to transfer your wealth in a fair way to your children or your grandchildren. Hi, everybody. I'm Soledad O'Brien, along with Gene Chatsky and Jason Cowens. And you are listening to Edelman Financial Engines' Everyday Wealth. If you have a question or just something that is unique to you, your own personal situation, we can get you some at least initial answers right here on the show. So this week, we have a listener named Joe. He wrote in about RMDs and QLACs, which is Qualified Longevity Annuity Contract. So here's Joe's question. On a previous show, you spoke about RMDs, and I'd like to have your thoughts on the planning issue that leads up to the RMD requirement age of 72. What do you think about using a QLAC to hedge longevity risk? And at the same time, it allows you to keep 25% of total IRA assets up to $145,000 away from the RMD requirement until you start your income stream at age 84 You are then only adding the yearly income amount to your RMDs along with your total IRA amount. As a person that has a lump sum of $1.6 million and no pension, I feel like it would be a helpful diversification asset to at least have some of my money out of the market with some longevity risk protection for my wife and I, who are both at the current age of 68." Okay, Jason. So let's
3: break it down for yes, everybody. Please. Because because QLACs, when we talk about them, some people are using them, of course, to avoid RMDs. Right. Some people are thinking of them as longevity insurance of a sort. What do I do in, in this situation? Is this a strategy that I should be pursuing?
2: Well, I need to look at your situation, right? So with, with no pension... Let's assume some level of small amount of social security. So what I have to look at is how much income do you really need from that $1.6 million, right? And I think the, the new stats for a couple 60, I think a husband's longevity is age 85 and the wife is age 87. So really, if we're thinking longevity, the way the QLAC works is you may be turning on at 85, but you only may get two years out of it from an income source. So that's one thing to think, right? And really that notion of deferring some of the taxes from that required minimum distribution beginning at 72, let's dig into that, right? So what I really wanna figure out is if you take that $145,000, that's the maximum amount for the QLAC, and you carve it away with the thought of delaying it, what we have to unfortunately look at is that $145,000 is going to a fixed annuity, right? And the way the annuities work are, they're really based on current interest rates. So you may be getting a guaranteed fixed rate that's very, very low, and really lagging inflation, right? So we may be losing the opportunity for growth for this stated mindset need of income in the future.
3: So it's an annuity that doesn't even turn on until you get to be, what, 84, 85.
2: Right, so you're, you're setting these monies aside because the way the required minimum distribution calculation works is each year the divisor gets smaller and smaller and smaller, As your accounts grow, that RMD that you're forced to take out gets bigger and bigger and bigger and causes a bigger tax hit, right? With that deferral, that $145,000 that you're carving out is off the RMD schedule, right? You just
3: move it off to the side.
2: Move it off to the side. And so it doesn't get counted for RMD purposes. Once you turn it on, that income source is now income, not RMD. So it's still calculated for tax purposes, right? But what you have to think about is... If you're getting a bare minimum on that 145, you're losing growth opportunity potentially from this couple 68, from 68 to age 85 where a strategy that they may want to think about is that same $145,000, well, let's look at your current tax bracket. Maybe it makes sense to siphon off some of those IRA dollars and look at Roth conversion, right? Let's talk to your CPA to go, how much room do we have in your tax bracket to play with some – outflows. And if we do the easy math, that's a $36,000 a year. If we do $36,000 a year for four years, that's equivalent to that 145, maybe we can find the sweet spot of converting $36,000 into the Roth. You now retain control of those dollars because the way that deferred annuity works is you have to make payment options. So if you take the highest value one, the single life annuity amount, it's the highest amount. But if Joe passes away, his wife gets nothing. If you want to have a survivor component, Joe has to accept less in order for his wife to get more. Mm-hmm. Right. So the reduction. If you want to add an inflation rider, you have to accept less. If you want it that the annuity says if, God forbid, Joe and his wife both pass away, you want to return a premium, you pay for that as well. So you're looking at all these different payment plans that keep lessening the amount that you're going to be getting from this deferred annuity. And some of those options we can mitigate by going, what really are your tax burdens today? How do we siphon off some money and maybe have that Roth conversion? Because if God forbid something happens to Joe and his wife, the kids, the heirs get those Roth dollars tax-free.
1: So then do you focus more, is your concern more about longevity for the couple or is your concern more about inflation for this
2: couple? It goes back to longevity. So if, if the wife says, every woman in my family has lived to 90 I may say, well, what happens if Joe passed away at age 85? Did you really need that guaranteed income from that deferred annuity? Would you have been better off retaining the control, even in the IRA, even at the higher potential tax of the RMD? Or what's that Roth convergence strategy that may be cheaper taxes today for that delay of RMDs that usually start to get out of hand around age 80, 82 for most clients?
3: My grandfather lived to be 98 years old. 85 doesn't scare me. 90 doesn't really scare me. 110 scares me, right? Right. So if I want to be hedging my bets to know that whatever money I've accumulated for retirement will last me until I'm 110, how do I do that?
2: Well, it starts with a plan. Let's talk about your situation. So Jean, if I'm worried that you're going to live to 110, let's build a plan and work in reverse. Let's imagine a scenario and maybe it's not mitigating this this rmd maybe it's talking about maybe you don't have enough long-term care insurance to afford those very expensive years from 100 to 110 for you
1: so is the answer then no joe like let's actually walk through your plan because all the other other elements need to come into play in this conversation it's not just a yes no do it don't do it it's really let's see what else might need work and thought
2: Right. Exactly. So this is a two-minute conversation that my guess is if Joe and his wife reached out to one of the local planners in that 90 to two-hour appointment, they'll get a much deeper dive in their situation. And this may make sense, right? But we have to have all those other factors to really understand what's their plan, what's their goals, what are the, the speed bumps we have to wake, watch out for. And that's why reaching out to someone, like we have the special offer going on right now, that if you call 833-PLAN-EFE, again, 833 833- plan EFE, one of my colleagues will be more than happy to go through Joe's scenario to go, does this make sense? Is this an appropriate strategy? What are some of the other pitfalls that you're not thinking through just trying to mitigate simply the taxes of the RMDs?
1: We've got to stop right there. So, Joe, as Jason mentioned, uh, feel free to reach out to someone from Edelman Financial Engines and just get some advice, have a conversation, uh, and that'll help you maybe um, get even more in-depth in in your answer. If you have a question uh, or a topic that you'd like us to tackle on the air, uh, just visit everydaywealth.com and you can submit your question right there. Uh, And together with an EFE wealth planner, we will talk through uh, some potential solutions that could work for you. I do think you need to sit down and have not the three minute conversation we're having on the air, which is helpful for broad strokes, but like really dive down because all that you're mentioning, Jason, or all the other piece, this person clearly has some kind of a plan. Mm-hmm. Right? Clearly, but but he needs a little work on the edges of the plan to to make decisions that could have some really big financial implications. Absolutely. And if you want to
3: catch a show you might have missed, you can always listen to our podcast. There's There are a lot of times when the podcast will actually have a full interview with our guests that we're not able to air on the radio due to time. So you can download our podcast at everydaywealth.com or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. If you like what you hear, we'd love you to subscribe, give us a review, and thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week.
0: Getting mauled by the bears in the stock market, what about a looming recession? Is it giving you a sinking feeling about your retirement? Well, working with an Edelman Financial Engines Wealth Planner can give you confidence no matter what the markets are up to. Right now, when you call 833-PLAN-EFE, you'll get a complimentary retirement review and financial plan. With all that's happening in the markets and the economy, the offer comes at a perfect time. Your experienced Edelman Financial Engines Wealth Planner will suggest a portfolio using our investment management approach that's based on Nobel Prize winning research don't miss out. Call 833-PLAN-EFE by Tuesday at 10 p.m. for this complimentary offer. That's 833-PLAN-EFE. Or visit edelmanfinancialengines.com. You've been listening to Edelman Financial Engines Everyday Wealth with Soledad O'Brien, Gene Chatsky, and Jason Cowens. Tune in each week for fresh and compelling insights and strategies to help you elevate your financial potential. To learn more, visit our website, everydaywealth.com. Find our show wherever you stream your favorite podcast.